Welcome in to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 305, where we'll be going over Johnny, Travis, and Austin's favorite players to draft in 2022. But support for the show, TFW Live, is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products like this lawnmower right here. They're precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle, can be available to you, and you can join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And we've got an exclusive offer for you, the listeners of this show, Whisper Nation, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TFWMAN. But enough of that. I'm Big Travi, and now I'm joined by my best friends in the whole world right here, Johnny Gabe Time Hicks and Austin Sear. Also, a big welcome to you, Whisper Nation, in the chat right now. We've got Donnie. We've got Jersey Jay. Look, Donnie's a magic man. He's behind the scenes. He's in the chat. He's on Twitter. He's everywhere, man. We appreciate you, Donnie, doing all the work there. We've also got a lot of gratitude for our members on YouTube who support the show through a monthly subscription. Bailey Ziegler, Kevin Davey, Nick, Brett Zabo, John Credit, Eric Lorenzen, Donnie the Man. We just talked about Jersey Jay in the chat there, Hannibal, and my dad, Don Caples. Love you guys. Appreciate all of you. Shout out as well to our patrons who have supported the show throughout. We have big updates for our Patreon coming this month. Stay tuned for that. If you want to join... The growing list of those members, though, that we just talked about on YouTube, click join next to the video right now. We also got to give a thank you, as we always do, to those who subscribed or follow us on social media this week. David Gala, Nathaniel Henry, Tara Victoria, Bobby Acker, All22, Derek Dolendorf, Michael Stahl, German V, Ball and Breakfast, Chief Taylor CB. And if you love fantasy football, you want to enjoy a community where you know you belong, hit that subscribe button right now on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get just one more subscriber. Just one more could be you. And if you're new, let us know where you're streaming from. We'd love to shout you out right here on the show. And one last housekeeping item, guys. We have one more spot less left in the Listener League. It's up for grabs now, so make sure you are trying to earn those raffle tickets on tonight's show. Dope comments, funny zingers, just being an overall good person. You know, people like you. That all makes you eligible for raffle tickets right now, the sat this Saturday on Best Ball Brunch. Make sure you're tuning in for the Best Ball Draft and the giveaway of that final spot for the Listener League. Best Ball Brunch is Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you're subscribed. Turn those notifications on so you do not miss that giveaway. New Bro, member. Speaking of not missing, new member. What's good? What's good? I, tell it, I think that go. deserves. I think that deserves the old whisper, the old whisper oh. woo. What do you guys think? Woo, 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 woo. Let's oh, go. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love yes, it. Yes, Pizza Belly. Appreciate Thanks so much, Pizza Belly, and we appreciate all of you. So that happened live right here. We didn't even plan that. So that's no. this is live television or tubevision, if you will. Welcome in, everybody. We appreciate all you guys. Woo, Pizza Belly giving us that in the chat. But, yes, this Saturday, make sure you tune in. We're going to be giving away that spot to the Listener League, and then we're announcing the draft date and all those goodies. 16-team, quad flex, single QB, craziness. 
crazy. So we're going to get in on that. Uh, but the there's been a crazy bit of news today, and we're going to hop into that before getting into our favorite players to draft. And we got to start with the biggest, you know, ball dropping or domino falling, if you will. Deshaun Watson being suspended for 11 games with a $5 million fine. There was a lot of reports were, that broke this. But, Austin, I just want to know your take on this whole situation, fantasy, non-fantasy, whatever you want to say here, brother. The first thing I fe- the first thing that comes to mind is is the women impacted by Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And I know they've been going through a lot and they've been working hard to bring about justice and to bring about a better planet. Uh, I'm thinking about them a lot and I can't imagine that this journey has been pleasant or anything. Um, so hearts out, shouts out to the women impacted by Deshaun Watson and all of the women around the world impacted by men and uh, uh all of the toxicity and unfortunate behavior that is way, way too common. This is not on women to fix. This is on us men to fix. Dudes, let's get better. The second thing I think of is how bad I feel for the the, the Cleveland Browns fans. And <laughs> I and I'm like and, I'm, and this and, and it is a real sense because Deshaun Watson had been an elite quarterback. We were taking him in the top five of fantasy drafts for several years in a row. And that's where I believe the Cleveland Browns organization was expecting to get that type of player when they signed him to this massive deal. But playing football at this level is really, really hard, even if you're really good at it. This guy hasn't played football in a long time. He's dealing with a whole lot of new variables mentally. Physically, he's going to have changed from the last time he played. And watching his preseason debuts, Travi, I was surprised to see how poorly he played. What was this, like one for five coming out? And like we can say rust, fine. But we also – this is the first time we've seen him. So it's going to take him some time to get back to whatever form he ultimately arrives on if he is able to continue to improve, which I expect he will be. But I feel bad for the Browns fans because – They're not going to get this $100 million quarterback game one like they're probably hoping that they will. It's going to take time, and we don't know how well he's – how good he's going to be at all. And Cleveland is – did you see that stat that the Cleveland Browns stadium is the most attended stadium of any NFL stadium in the league? Wow. Like the dog pound shows up. And and so and and the Browns have had what the Browns have gotten for the last several years. And unfortunately, this news just sounds like more Cleveland Browns stuff. Last thing I'll say on this to just to second the point on the unfortunateness of the Cleveland Browns. Johnny, we were talking about this just before, like the Cleveland Browns should have their franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They took this guy number one overall and he broke Peyton Manning's rookie season touchdown record. And now he's with another team. Because he wasn't good enough for him. It wasn't working out. Like, that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's delivered, unfortunate for the Browns fans. The, delivered the one. Yeah, we're not. This is not a, this not a Baker Mayfield. Uh, you just did man. not you live up the to magic word. Hey, you said you they're not live up to expectations. And they are. They keep showing up. So, so so that's it on it. You know, we'll continue to see how this unfolds. We take it as it comes. Um, they'll try to make their NFL policies better. The Cleveland Browns will try to do the best that they can do it. And we'll we'll see what they do. Fair enough. We'll move on to another marquee quarterback, but in uh, Tampa Bay, Bucks head coach Todd Bowles says there's no definitive date for Tom Brady's return to the team. Now, I just want to speak on this quickly. I don't think I think it's a much to do about nothing here. I'm not sure that Tom Brady's going to retire here. That I wouldn't put I put like a 10% chance on that. I don't think he comes back and do, does all this and then retires. But uh, we could, you know, there are some people that are saying that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. 
but it's something to keep an eye on and something to be said about the new pieces that aren't getting these kind of reps with Brady in the offseason, Russell Gage, uh, Julio Jones, something to just keep an eye on. I'm not saying I downgrade him, but it's just something to take a look at. We'll see when he gets back with the team. Moving on to Seattle, Ken Walker is going to undergo a procedure for his injury that will miss the remainder of the preseason. Uh, it's been called by some a hernia thing by his head coach. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's not good to miss the all preseason. It kind of puts him a little bit behind here. Johnny, does this fire you up a little bit more for your guy, Rashad Penny? Oh, hell yeah, it does. I'm really jacked for Penny. Like that was, I was starting to get a little bit. Uh, now, this is the only thing. The ADP for Penny is probably going to go up a little bit, where Kenneth Walker could even be even more of a value because you can get him and kind of stash him on your bench uh, at a better value. And if you wanted to grab both of them, then it's not as expensive now. Um, but this is really good news for uh, for Penny. Moving on to the running back, uh, one of the running backs over in Denver, Javante Williams, but actually it was Melvin Gordon who was quoted saying they want Javante Williams to be the guy when he was talking, the coaches, that is, uh, and he was talking to the media when Melvin was. Man, I, I've tried to botch this the, the entire way. But my point on this is I – and I've been trying, I admittedly, biasly, I've been looking for ways to get excited about – uh, Javante Williams, even though they re-signed Melvin Gordon, even though they did split it down the middle, even though we've got some reports that Melvin Gordon and, and Javante will split it 50-50. I am leaning towards the 60-40-70-30 split now. I think this confirms it if Melvin Gordon's saying it. Now, the blurb goes on to say that Melvin Gordon isn't going to just give up this job. He's going to fight to, you know, keep being on the field. And I think that's good. I think competition, you know, is, is good for these guys, but Javante Williams is stud. And I think even if he got like a 60, 40 split, he's still a really good pick where he's going at ADP and I'm in on, on Javante. So uh, let's go uh, with the New York jets. Next, Rick Kamini reports that there were no surprises in Zach Wilson's knee surgery. Austin, how do we feel about the surrounding cast uh, players here now that Joe Flacco is looking to maybe even start week one here? If I'm being totally honest, man, the first word that comes to mind when you ask how am I feeling about about Flacco taking over for Wilson and the other pieces better. And it's <laughs> oh, because yeah. the ceiling for Flacco is, of course, not nearly as high as top three selected Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco is not as good as he once was, but I can I imagine he can be consistent. This is a Super Bowl champion who knows what it takes to just make completions happen, to stand back in the pocket and throw to your first or second read. And I like that for some of these excellent pieces that the New York Jets have. Really, their only question mark is that quarterback. They've got what should be an excellent run game, an excellent pass game. they got a top half offensive line. Their defense has improved. They just need some consistency at quarterback and a guy who can make not mess ups, make not well, mistakes. Yeah, so I feel right. <laughs> make not mess ups. That's it. That's it. Uh, well, and like Joe Flacco's elite. So there we go. Yeah, like, we, we know that. Yeah. Uh, our last piece of news here. I mean, there was a ton of news to drop, but one of the big ones we picked out here, Michael Thomas, Dennis Allen. Like we've had this conversation all off season, and uh, we actually retweeted on the account. Uh, Michael Thomas's uh, reception perception charts. The year he broke that record, the last time we saw him, number one overall wide receiver, the best chart in reception perception history. So it's just a reminder of how good Michael Thomas was and now his coach saying he's ready to go. So, Johnny, I got to give it to you, man. All summer you've kind of been in on the Michael Thomas stuff. We we made videos at the beginning of the offseason about how he was a value. He's kind of stayed a value. Where, How excited are you for Michael Thomas and where do you think his ADP eventually kind of settles in? 
I'm so jacked for Michael Thomas, especially if you were able to – what up, Strove? If you were able to grab him uh, and buy the dip, you know, then you're really going to ca- – uh, you're going to help yourself and help out your team. If you're in best balls, things like that, I think that he is going to have a good year. Now, similar to Deshaun Watson, where Deshaun Watson hasn't played in a long time, I it might take a couple of games for him to shake off the rust, but I think that once he does uh, and he gets in a groove, then I do think that he could return to being a top 15 wide receiver, uh, especially if they are going to really unleash uh, Jameis Winston and let him throw, uh, let him cook per se. Huh? Uh, then I do think that uh, Michael Thomas could be a very good wide receiver. I Where do I ultimately think he ends up going? Probably the fourth round come closer to uh, the end of this month when, you know, football is about to start up. I think as we get more and more confirmation, maybe a couple more highlight videos come out showing that he could do a little bit more than just slants. I think people are going to get excited and uh, and then his ADP is going to go up. I got Jersey Jay calling me out saying, I thought, I thought he was just a slot guy, you know, hashtag slant boys. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's uh, a little yeah, see. I mean, he's been I'm so excited. Hey, well, I'm legit. I, I'm so excited. I am yeah. too, uh, you know, cause I was kind of believing that narrative and I granted, I said it here on the show. I think the big thing for was me is like, and a lot of people, smart people have pointed this out. We kind of had the, the corpse of Drew Brees Some. throwing the ball to Michael Thomas. Right. We yeah. so like that's that's what we've had. We haven't had somebody that can air it out. And I'm not saying Winston's better than Drew Brees, but I'm saying he will probably get the ball down further down the field. Hey, we haven't let him cook, baby. Yeah. Let him what cook. Was, what was, I mean, what was that Winston? What was that Winston stat in Week One? He threw a touchdown pass that was further than Drew Brees had thrown in like the past ten years. I think it was or like, whatever, like the length of the moon, like, like the Earth to the moon, or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess not. All, All right, we five, five touchdowns. I like to have fun um, here. So I we are about to have a lot of fun and get you guys our favorite players to draft in 2022. So let's hop into it. This year we're doing doing it a little bit differently uh, than we've done in the years past. We're going to go inside the top 100 for our favorite players at each position, and then outside the top 100 as well to kind of give you a, a you know a breadth of knowledge here that you can kind of get in your system because draft season is upon us, as we said at the top. So it's time to get into this. We'll start with quarterbacks and I'm going to start with you, Johnny. And it really baffles me that you did not choose Baker Mayfield here, but why don't you tell the people, you know, after how much I know you love your guy. Why don't you tell the people who you did take as your quarterback, your favorite quarterback to draft inside the top 100 in 2022. This might not be as much of a, a surprise. I mean, Baker Mayfield probably would have been what a lot of people guess, but unfortunately, he doesn't land within the top 100. So I didn't uh, choose him, but I did choose my boy, Kyler Murray, who is going off the board 56 overall, usually as a consensus QB six. And I think that is an absolute value. I think it's it's you're not having to pay up like you have been over the last couple of years for his upside that he truly possesses. And yes, I do still think he possesses that upside despite Hopkins missing six games. Why is that? Well, if you look, especially at the first six weeks, boys, pretty tell me tell me all these aren't going to be potential shootouts right you got the chiefs you got the Raiders, you got shootouts. the rams you got uh at the carolina panthers maybe that one isn't you got the philadelphia <laughs> eagles you got the seahawks and then week uh seven you get the saints coming in and you, that's the first game back with hopkins 
the last two years with Kyler Murray on a points per game average or points per game basis, he was the QB three and QB four, right? Again, I told you he was being drafted as a QB six. So you're getting, you're not having to quite pay up for the production. He actually gives you when he is in over the last two years, he's gotten better in yards per attempt and his completion percentage. They bring in Hollywood Brown to help while Hopkins is suspended, right? Uh, you get Zach Ertz coming in for a full year. You saw them kind of meshing near the end. We'll talk about Zach Ertz in a little bit later, a little foreshadow there. But this is one of my favorite stats uh, about Kyler Murray. Over the last two years, he has played in 30 games. He has scored 66 or been accountable for 66 touchdowns during that span. That's 2.6 touchdowns on average. If I did my math right, boys, 2.6 touchdowns per game that he's walking in with that is tremendous when you're talking about uh touchdowns and uh for quarterbacks walking in that's a that's a huge advantage for you and then just to end it off playoffs talk about playoffs, playoffs. For, for the arizona cardinals their schedule is at denver week 15 tampa bay week 16 and at at atlanta week 17 so quite a juicy playoff schedule if you get that far which you will if you draft Kyler Murray. Love it. And I would love to draft Alex Strofe if he was available because this dude just came in here, called us the best in the oh, biz, dropped oh, a $5 super oh. chat. So we got to hit him with, hit him with oh, a little whisper. whisper. Woo! Let's go. I got to be careful because Cass oh my God. is working, working Cass. indoors in the next I gotta, Dude, we got it for the next Ric Flair woo, whisper woo, Jip. We got to get the one we saw at the Fantasy Football Expo. He was on a local Ohio commercial, just like looked decrepit and like amazing. He recorded it yesterday. Yeah, like it was current awesome. age oh. Ric Flair doing a. Anyways, we got to move on, though, with the show and get through. Uh, that was an excellent pick, Johnny. I I'm with you all 100% on Kyler Murray's upside this year. I think he's an excellent pick, especially at ADP. Let's hope it settles right there. I still feel like we're getting a discount based on the way he finished last year and some of those things. Anyways, moving on, though, to Austin's dude here. And, you know, yes, I was shocked by Johnny's, but not really. This one actually really took me by storm here because I, I hadn't we hadn't really dove into it personally, you and I, about this player. And so I was really excited to see you put him here, which means you're in on this player and you're in on his offense. Tell us about your quarterback that's your, been your favorite to draft in 2022. I don't know. I, you know, this is an interesting framing that we have as a favorite. He is somebody that I'm very excited to pick up. I think he's a it's hard to find a reason not to be confident in this pick, if I'm honest, but his ADP currently does not reflect that confidence. Mm. I see a high floor. I see a really high ceiling for none other than Russell Wilson, the one and only. Oh, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh. To, you love it because it's so fucking dorky, just as Russell Wilson truly <laughs> is at his heart. But he takes that and he manifests it into truly special football mm. performances. I mean, you look at the man's record over 10 seasons in the NFL. He's been the quarterback nine or better in eight out of those 10 seasons and finished as a top three quarterback four times. And two years ago, he was the quarterback six with 40 touchdown pass what's up danny it's good to see you man quarterback 40 touchdown passes two years ago like that's Ooh. not easy to nope. do and he pulled that in just a couple of years ago in a seattle offense that really wasn't prioritizing him that really 
wasn't catering to his play style. Now he's in Denver country. Now he's in Broncos country where uh, he gets a new head coach. And, you know, you might look at Seattle and say, well, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett two years ago in that 40 touchdown season. Those are really good weapons, no doubt. So are Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and the rest of the mix over there with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, like Albert O. KJ Hamler can still fill in like Tim Patrick's a miss, but he's still got more pieces over there. Russell Wilson right now is healthy. He's motivated. I mean, how can he not be finally getting out of Seattle and being a part of a new team that's fully embracing all of what he's about? Pete Carroll had notoriously run a slow and basic system. Now he gets Hackett. We expect to run a more voluminous pass, happy attack. Great weapons, as mentioned. I don't think a top three finish is out of the question here. Travis, extremely high floor, extremely high ceiling. The one caveat I will throw in is in all of those previous top three finishes he wasn't having to deal with the likes of justin herbert josh allen patrick mahomes lamar jackson you know who else was he dealing with though he was dealing with aaron Rodgers. he was dealing with tom brady all of those guys you know those the later ones are in the league still all the new guys are making real impacts yeah peyton manning's gone drew Brees are gone but he's got a lot more competition to deal with to get that top five quarterbacking finish but he's in a brand new team with great weapons. And this is a guy who has an elite ceiling. He's not being drafted that way currently as the QB nine. I'd be freaking shocked if he did not finish better as the QB nine barring health. Hey, you can like, look at the other guys outside of like Derek Carr, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, where they're going and you're getting a considerable discount on another guy in this division that should be posting up points. As you talked about the QBs, they're going to be pushing our guy, Russell Wilson to kind of get to that that level, get to that tier. So that's a good call. Aaron Rodgers discount double check, dude. Yeah, exactly. Dude, let's uh, ride. <laughs> this would be wild, man. I hope my, my Tyreek stock. Dude, nice oh, Tua outperforming yeah. Wilson, says Jersey J, uh, elite member of the of the Whisper Nation. Uh, but I am about to talk about the next quarterback I think is going to be the elite. And I'm talking QB one through three. Uh, that's I'm putting Whoa. it on my guy here in Jalen Hurts. Whoa. Because he's going 65th overall right now as QB seven off the board. In his first 11 starts last year prior to injury with a rookie head coach, a rookie wide receiver one, uh, shaky faith from his uh, front office, he rattled off 10 QB1 finishes. Three of those were top five, okay? And as our guy Alex Caruso, friend of the show, beautiful man, points out, no QB averaged more points per drop back in 2021. They traded for A.J. Brown They added that to Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith. They have PFF's number one ranked offensive line. And we've been talking all offseason, like, are they going to throw? Because the first part of the year, they threw a ton. Those were part of those, you know, um, high finishes that he had. But then you saw the injury. You saw some, they were losing games. They went to the run game. Well, I think they're going to throw. And they gave us a peek into it, into that first team offense in the last preseason game against the Jets here. They passed on every single play that Hurts was in. Okay, Uh, on the uh, like the run versus pass ratio was 100 percent to pass. And he posted this stat line. Now, it technically doesn't count, but it looks sexy as fuck. Six of six, 80 yards, a touchdown and 158.3 passer rating. I am all the way in. They've got all the pieces. As long as we don't get major injuries before the season starts, Jalen Hurts is locked in as the guy I want to draft the most at QB inside the top 100. Yeah, just yeah. You're, you're poor Donnie over here, Seahawks fan, dude, and you're just talking about his, their ex-lover. Who? <laughs> Russell Wilson. I, I was talking about Jalen Hurts. Right. 
Sorry. Did you black out during that? <laughs> no, segment? I didn't. No, oh, I okay. Knew you were talking I just, about. I was just wondering because. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to move. Uh, hopefully, Johnny doesn't black out in the next action. We're going to move on oh, to the I, running backs here, uh, and we are going to talk about our fa- our favorite. Oh, I see. Well, you got to read it out. I didn't know what yeah, you were talking about. Sorry. sorry about that. All right. So we're talking about running backs, our favorite running backs inside the top 100. I thought the quarterbacks were awesome. We'll see if we get a little more contention into our running back section. But Austin, you're going to start us off with a guy here that has been a little bit contentious, has been a little bit polarizing in the industry this offseason. So talk to us about your favorite running back to draft inside the top 100 right now. You know, this is a guy, you know, you frame him as polarizing. I I, I think people are almost kind of forgetting about him. I think mm, they're really dating like him. I think they're kind of, I think he's almost an oversight right now. And there's a lot of reasons why you would think that my favorite running back in the top 100 to draft right now is being slept on a little bit and that's because he does miss time but when he's been active he's been an absolute force and that is elijah mitchell he finished as the rb 26 in ppr last season but he was 12th in points per game now he was and in that 12 point ahead of points per game is ahead of deandre swift Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. So like when active, when playing Elijah Mitchell is kicking ass. Uh, He's also fed a lot. He averaged just under 19 carries per game and got more work as the season progressed. The last two weeks of the season, he had 21 carries in both of those weeks, averaging 102 rush yards. We talk a lot about, well, he doesn't catch passes. He catches passes more than we think. And he's not bad at it. 20 targets, 19 catches last season only one not caught target that came his way the issue that we have obviously is injury when he missed time you know he's not playing and as johnny said the best ability is availability you need to have that he's hurt right now he's dealing with a hamstring issue i think Mm. this is even more exciting and makes him an even greater value because as we had dr evan porus on edwin porus excuse me on the show not too long ago we talked about the reoccurrence of hamstring injuries and they happen when you're not given enough time to heal this injury happened eight days ago and he's getting all of the offseason here now to get right that should give him about a month maybe even more to nurse that hamstring he has reportedly been in great shape you're like well if he's in great shape then why is his hamstring hurt right now but he has been preparing at a high level. I think he's going to come into this season aware of some of the risks. I think that the team is also going to lean on him, but be aware of the potential injury history. I just think he stands above the rest. You've got a chance at a legitimate RB1 that is currently being drafted 47th RB. 47th overall is the RB 23. This is a talented running back playing on what should be a good offense that wants to run the rock. And they want to give him over 20 touches per game. The only thing getting in his way is health. I'm not even going to say it's opportunity because the only thing getting in the way of his opportunity is his health. So health is the only thing getting in his way, and that's getting in every single person's way. So I'm not going to put a big chip on that concern. I'm just going to be excited to draft him here as the RB23. Yeah, I will say that this hamstring injury, like – I don't want to just make a case for like the the best case scenario, but it it is. It's good. you're going to get an even bigger dip on a guy who I think is probably going to dip based on what has been turnover in the offense before. I love what Hayden Wink said when he came on about Elijah Mitchell that 
We've seen Shanahan use different backs kind of because they've had to. These other backs have gotten hurt. If they if they really had a guy they loved, maybe they love Mitchell enough to continue to give him the rock if he's healthy. So I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm warming up to having Mitchell in there, especially at the ADP. All right, moving on, we're going to talk about my running back, my favorite running back to draft in the second or yeah, it's in the second round right now, but inside the top 100. Uh, and we if you if you drafted with us all offseason, you know who this is going to be. It's Saquon and. MF Barkley. He's 22nd overall, going as the RB 13th off the board. Look, he had a freak injury uh, last year after showing some juice returning from the ACL tear. And I know that sounds bad. It sounds like a mouthful of injuries. You know, he rolled his ankle after the ACL, but he looked a little bit better. He looked back to, you know, it's one year removed from the ACL and he looked kind of rusty, but then he got, he had the ankle roll. But guys, you know, Saquon Barkley just became eligible to rent a car. He's only 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. like, let's, let's just That's calm down on Saquon Barkley being, you know, dusty and done and like he's done. Few running backs have bell cow potential like Saquon. His back above, as of this recording, is is Johnny Game Time Hicks. No, it's, it's Matt Breda, okay? So like... Running backs going ahead of him with fewer touches in their actual ceiling. Like I know I said, I love Javante Williams, fewer touches in his ceiling. Kamara going ahead of him, fewer touches in his absolute ceiling. Aaron Jones going ahead of him, fewer touches. There's a, uh, There was a shift today in best ball. Swift is now going behind Saquon, but Swift is another one with the existence of Jamal Williams, fewer touches in his ceiling. So I'm really in on just the workload alone, even if he did suck uh, this year, but I think, you know, you'll hear me make a case for Tony later, uh, but I think other weapons in this offense and their ADP, if we look at it, no other giant inside the top 115, he's going to be their offense. Like he's the chip I want to put it down on for the Giants and their offensive line has improved. It's gone all the way up uh, to 18th overall at PFF. So I, I'm just really all the way in on Saquon Barkley. I think he's kind of too big to fail at this. Point. Old enough to rent a car or not. Barkley is going to be driving the offense. Yeah. Oh, dude. Beautiful. Yeah, I couldn't good. have said yeah. it better myself, even if I tried and I did. <laughs> all right. So we're moving on to Johnny's number one running back and Johnny, you're running back. Inside the top 100, your no, your favorite running back to draft isn't even technically the starter, but I'm all I'm here I'm all here for it. Talk to me about AJ Dillon. Or that's right, guy. baby. <laughs> that's right. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Barry. We'll do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. Play us out, dude. I'll try to keep the suspense. This running back was not even the starter for his yeah. team. For half the season, mostly all the season. No, uh, big Travis said AJ Dillon coming off as the RB twenty five, are uh, running or player fifty four overall. Now I understand, like Travis said, it's not even the starter. And if you look at it, that's kind of a little bit of a price, a hefty price tag. RB twenty five. You're like, okay. Does that give me enough upside when last year he finished as the RB29 on the year? And I'm here to tell you, yes, absolutely it does. Why? Because there is massive, massive upside when it comes to A.J. Dillon this year. Not only do I think he's going to outproduce this ADP as we sit now, but you're talking about a player that does truly have an RB1 
outcome and his potential uh, because if anything were to happen to AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones, excuse me, then you could see AJ Dillon definitely take over as the workhorse running back there. But I'm going to dive into even why that you don't even need to happen in order for you to be uh, happy and satisfied by taking AJ Dillon this year, currently where he's going. Look, you, you're going to be more than satisfied. And I'll tell you why. Because Green Bay Packers last year, right? We were all in the air. What are they going to do? You know, Aaron Rodgers comes into training camp late, uh, worried about whether he's going to even be there or play. There was trade rumors going on. These boys hated it, hated me every time coming in, asking what was going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what they ended up doing was running the ball a whole hell of a lot last year. Green Bay averaged 25.9 rushing attempts per game. That was just 18th, though. That's what's crazy is despite all those rushing attempts, I was just 18th in the league. Even if they stay there at a average, they're getting 109.3 rushing yards per game on average, which was 19th best. I think that could even go up as their offensive line gets slightly better this year. And as you, you know, take a focal point like Devontae Adams out of this offense, you look at what Aaron uh, AJ Dillon did last year, boys, on limited carries, 100. He only had 187 carries last year, but he got he had 803 rushing yards in that span. So, given that you look at where this running back uh, backfield is at, you know that Aaron uh, AJ Dillon, excuse me, has the ability to really take on a lot of carries, and it simply shows that that's what the team did in the second part of the season last year where from weeks 10 to 17, A.J. Dillon only saw less than 14 rushing attempts three times in that span. But if you look at his production over that span, he was an RB24 or better five of those weeks. So during that time, he wasn't even getting a bulk load of carries, yet he was still producing better than where you're having to draft him now. And I get it. The big question is, well, Aaron Jones or AJ uh, Aaron Jones, excuse me, is going to get all the passing down work. So why would I want AJ Dillon? Right. Well, if you look at what AJ Dillon did last year, he caught 37 of his or excuse me, he caught 34 of his 37 pass attempts. So he can actually catch just it was touted that, oh, he doesn't have great hands because he wasn't used heavily in college that way. So. Uh, AJ Dillon truly has the ability to be a full all around workhorse running back. So this year, I think nothing but the sky is the limit for this guy. And he's definitely going to outproduce where you're having to take him in draft. So he's an absolute smash for me uh, this year in, in fantasy football. I do like the upside of Dylan. You know, I think that, that he's going in a spot where we've got big question marks on other guys in that area. J.K. Dobbins. I know Austin made the case for Elijah Mitchell. He's in that area. Devin Singletary, CEH. Some of these guys that are in that area, you can make pretty hard cases against them. And Dylan, at least the, the only case is like, will he get on the field enough? And I think with this offense, the lack of weapons around A.J. Dylan and Aaron Jones, what Aaron Rodgers said like about them getting the best players on the field, I think Dylan is a great case to kind of be an upside swing in that area. But we're going to move on to the wide receiver portion of our favorite players to draft inside the top 100. And now it's time for me to talk about a man Again, if you've been drafting with us, I know if Classic Mike was in here, he'd be sniping Cortland Sutton from me all the time. So I've got to tell you that Cortland Sutton at 55th overall, wide receiver 20, is 
my number one. Yeah, let's oh, ride. Let's ride this baby. is my number one let's favorite go. wide receiver to draft in 2022. Look, I, I was going to make a comment on this, but we've got like Broncos love on this show. We've got some Niners love on this show. We got some Giants love. You're going to see a theme. We've got some, uh, Colts. We've got some guys, that, you know, some offenses we're into. And so we'll keep making that case here. And with Sutton, it's simple. Russ wanted to cook. He forced his way out. He had a no trade clause and he waived it for Denver. He said, I'd rather throw the ball to Cortland Sutton than DK Metcalf. No, that's not what he said, but he he wanted to get <laughs> no, out of Seattle right. here. Uh, and look, Sutton had a bad year last year, but some of that can be put on the dumpster fire play at quarterback and being just one year removed from his ACL tear. Sutton is a fantastic boundary and contested catch wide receiver. He should mesh really well with Russ. I'm excited about what they've got uh, got going on. And although he hasn't had one, he's only had the one year over 100 targets in that season with Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Barf, uh, he saw over 1,000 yards. So we, we are seeing a guy that can get it done with bad quarterback play. Imagine what he could do with great quarterback play. And Austin's telling me that's what we're going to get out of Russell Wilson. So I'm in on Cortland Sutton. Oh. Finally, it's really about this steady drumbeat we've heard all offseason. Those of us who didn't listen close enough to the breakfast narrative of Cooper Cup from last year, we should take a listen to the latest headline from Sutton and Wilson, even though it's been kind of happening all year. And spoiler alert, dude, it's all vibes. Like, let's get going here. ESPN's Jeff Legwold says that Russell Wilson, when he really needs a completion or is moved off his spot, He's going to look for Cortland Sutton. And we've already seen Jerry Judy miss time. Melvin Gordon miss a little bit of time. Albert O not playing with the starters. Cortland Sutton seems to be locked in as a main vein of the passing attack. And if we think it's going to be good, which I think we all do, I'm in on Cortland Sutton, 55th overall, wide receiver 20. I think he's locked in to at least top 15, if not more, uh, at, at current. With a top three potential. Yeah, yeah, like I think he could be yeah. the number one overall wide receiver. We're not he talking could. about that, but he could. Like right. he definitely could be, especially like think Devontae Adams. Like it, it, I know Jerry Judy's good, and I know Tim Patrick got hurt, but like if, if Jerry Judy isn't that dude, like then Cortland Sutton could just get peppered with targets here. And it's a little bit different, but I think he can be within that top three, top five, as, as we were talking about. He doesn't get peppered with targets, just big plays, lots of them. Oh, moon yeah. They'll definitely be, yeah. He the moonshot, the lollipop, as our guy oh, Chris yeah. Collinsworth like to say. Uh, we'll move on here, though, to another big upside wide receiver. Johnny, This mm-hmm. you have a mammoth of a human being that is your favorite wide receiver here to draft in 2022. Not only is he a mammoth, but his stats are also a mammoth, a dog mammoth. That is one, the only <laughs> BMW, dude. BMW, 50th wide receiver overall, wide receiver 19th off the board. That's right. I called him a mammoth dog. No, no, you did not. A dog mammoth. I called you a dog, dog mammoth. A dog, dog mammoth. mammoth. Yeah. Same difference, dude. Uh, but I'm so real talk. This guy, okay, I know that he gets injured often. That's not always the greatest way to lead off an argument. However, <laughs> last year he's we a did dog mammoth. Yeah, <laughs> he is a dog. All right, and this mammoth. dog, two out of the last three years, he has finished with over a thousand receiving yards, despite riddle being riddled with injury. Right, over thirteen hundred air yards. Uh, in both of those seasons, so you follow air yards as a you know potential as uh, for a breakout, right? You like how much that he's getting targeted, 
right? And half of that time, or half of those stats that I'm re- uh, referring to, had to do with Philip Rivers, not even the the gunslinger and Herbert throwing him, who is who is going to be his quarterback this year. Then this is the stat that I absolutely love: three straight years, boys, with over 15 yards per reception. That is way down the field. You are getting monster plays. Talk about the ultimate upswing, the ultimate uh, chip in your uh, lineup that can definitely decide weeks. That is going to be BMW right now. Look, eighth in red zone targets in 2021 uh, of all wide receivers that he had 23 of those suckers, 23 red zone targets. He only caught nine of them. So he only caught nine of them and still had, uh, you know, nine touchdowns last year, which he was 10th in total touchdowns. So definitely think that a range of outcomes could be in that 15, 15 to 20 range of touchdowns. It sounds astronomical, but if there's a wide receiver that can do it, it's six, four BMW dog mammoth, Mike Williams. Hey, Dude. and, and my somebody who's good with Photoshop in the chat. Like we need dog mammoth, like, uh, like Photoshopped things together with Mike Williams. I, I love and this dog. Here is, my, here is my favorite stat of all. Austin's You're muted. Austin. Austin's <laughs> muted. But here's my favorite stat of all. And favorite stat of the show last year, BMW was ninth in drops. We, you know, Drops are super corrected and they end up swinging from one year to the next. Look, Deontay last year, we couldn't just stop talking about his drops. This year, do we talk about his drops? Nope. Same well, I guess, I guess I good. So I guess what you're saying is drops are fluky and then they can swing, regress back to the mean the next yes. year. He could and cash in on those, especially 20, when you're yes. talking about he only had the nine think, receptions in the red right. zone. Think if that goes yeah. up to 15, that's just six more. Yeah. That's just six more receptions of the yeah, 14 I mean, it, or 15 that. Look, we did the matchup breakdowns last year. We saw for the first month, month and a half of the season, Mike Williams was absolutely crushing it. I mean, he was yeah. just he was he was better than Cooper Cup or anybody through the first four weeks, I believe. And and so we we've seen the upside. And I think that's what the Chargers paid him off of. They said, yeah. look, when you're healthy, this is what you could be. I don't know about you guys. I was predicting they wouldn't pay him. And they got the deal know, done. He was gone. And, and they want him to be the guy. Johnny, last year you pointed out he could be the Michael Thomas, the the alpha role in this Joe Lombardi offense, it cashed in. It's just mm-hmm. that his injury availability kept him off the field. My only question on Mike Williams is, is he have a head of a dog and a body of a mammoth? <laughs> or the body of a dog and yeah. a head of a mammoth? No, it's the body of a mammoth, the head yeah. of a dog. That's the right one. Although I do yeah. think mammoths are probably smart. But he is a giant human big, and you want him to have the head of a dog because he's just out there hunting. You know, think about a giant mammoth with the size of a normal sized dog head, like a (laughs) corgi head. No, I'm not thinking of a corgi, dude. I'm thinking of like a a, like a big dog, like a big mastiff. Well, we're gonna go from one physical specimen. Yeah. to another physical specimen. Johnny and there may Gant. not be another prototype for physical specimen in the NFL right now than Austin's guy, his wide receiver, that you are – it's just been a favorite probably football player for you and now a favorite player to draft in 2022. Dude, I love where you're able to get yourself some DK Metcalf. 49th mm. overall, wide receiver, 18. We're calling Mike Williams a dog mammoth. Six foot four, 218 pounds. Very respectable. Uh, you got the same height out of DK Metcalf plus 17 pounds weighing in at 235. So DK Metcalf is, I would 
have a hard time finding another wide receiver who is more physically dominant than DK Metcalf. Plus, he's fast as fuck. Like, this dude is just a physical specimen competing in Olympic track trials. Plus, he's crazy, crazy strong. Travis, you gave me this language. A player who can do their own work. Mm. DK Metcalf is probably maybe just behind Jamar Chase as the number one receiver who can do their own work. He just, I mean, the Stefan Gilmore play, I bring this up a lot between you guys. Every show. But, but it <laughs> but it is a true example. And if Stefan Gilmore, who was a top five cornerback in the league, got thrown to the ground like a little dog by a big old dog, then it's like this this guy does doesn't the, the only concern we have for DK Metcalf is who is his quarterback. And I think we overblow the quarterback connection a little bit when the wide receiver is actually superior than the cornerback that's guarding them. I mean, we've got a lot of examples of this, whether it's Calvin Johnson and Dan Orslowski, John Kitna or Dante Culpepper throwing him the rock or Larry Fitzgerald and his cast of amazing mm. quarterbacks with Kevin Cobb and the like Deandre Hopkins with Matt Schaub and like all these other guys. Like when you are a wide receiver, that's good enough to create separation between you and your corner. Is your quarterback going to overthrow you and have some errant passes? Yes. But are they good enough to make connections with you? If you're that good to make space? Yes. Do I think DK Metcalf can be the number one overall wide receiver with Geno Smith or drew Locke? Probably not. But where he's going right now is the wide receiver 18. When last year he he had weird quarterback play and he was still a wide receiver one. I'm all about drafting a player who can make your fantasy day on one play. He can catch the ball, throw stuff on Gilmore to the ground, and then beat the linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties on the field to get to the house. Yeah, it's I mean, he, he does. Uh, we saw it, Marshawn Lattimore on the Monday Night Live stream last year. We saw him just punk Marshawn Lattimore. We've talked about Stefan Gilmore uh, at Agnosium here. But I just want to talk about the beta versus alpha guys that we're looking at that are going ahead of him right now. Uh, so DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and Terry McLaurin. Now, we love some of their game, right? We, they can be, they can produce at a high level, and that's why they're being drafted there. But we're talking alpha wide receiver. We're talking big dog, get you those points, go get the touchdowns, BMW type energy. And I just can't draft DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, or Terry McLaurin over DK Metcalf. And, and I've changed. I've changed my tune. Austin, you have incepted my mind and got into my brain to say, hey, look, DK Metcalf's a dog. He does his own work. Like, you can go get him. And Donnie, I want to shout out to producer Donnie as well. That dude has done a lot of work to show the Dan Orlovsky, you know, conundrum, like the, the Calvin Johnson. It doesn't matter the quarterback. We put a nice thread out, or Donnie put a nice thread out about QBs that suck, but these wide receivers we'd be interested in. And DK Metcalf is probably the post boy for that all right so we we got we got into those wide receivers i love it because it was a lot of fun we had a lot of great guys but we've got some nuggets at the tight end position as well so we're going to keep it with austin here as we talk about tight ends drafted inside the top 100 and austin uh again kind of like the dk metcalf mode here a favorite of your football players but a favorite uh of a person to draft in fantasy for 2022 for you no doubt one of the few players at the tight end position that can do their own work and that's george kittle 42nd overall going as the tight end four this isn't a massive, massive bargain, and I wouldn't go up and reach too early for George Kittle because there's still a lot of good players in there, but he's one of the difference makers. You hear me talk about tight ends as being like he's not going to be a problem for you, but he's not going to be an answer either. George Kittle is somebody who can be an answer 
for you. He is probably the most physically dominant tight end in the game. He -hmm. plays extremely aggressively. That's why he gets hurt a lot of the time. It's why he's blocking so many plays because he's just obsessed with pancake blocks. Um, Injury is your only concern. He's only 28 years old, though. He's played six seasons, and in that time, he's been a top four half of the time. In three out of the six seasons he's played, he's been a top four tight end. He's also gotten over 1,300 yards uh, just a few years ago. If he slips at all, I'm really excited to grab George Kittle because he has legitimate value over the replacement. Like you're not going to find there. You're going to find a waiver wire tight end that you like, whether it's like the Logan Thomas vibes, the Dalton Schultz vibes, like Mm. there's guys out there that are going to be serviceable tight ends for you. They're not going to be values over the replacement though. George Kittle is a guy who can rival a wide receiver one at the tight end position for you. That's a very good thing to have on your fantasy team. If he's available and he's a value scoop him up and feel good guys. I'm like, I'm really proud of us here. We've gone through a stretch here of just players that are just absolutely like dog mammoths. They're absolutely just like special players. They're absolutely dudes that you would just like, you'd want on your side in some sort of bar fight. Like these guys would be, have your back big time. And I'm going to continue that mold with another physical specimen here. Kyle Pitts as my tight end, my favorite tight end to draft in 2022. Uh, He's going 35th overall right now as tight end three, and I know it's an expensive price tag. But if we look at Kyle Pitts, obviously the moniker was unicorn last year coming in, and we saw it second all time in rookie tight end receiving yards with over 1,000, 1,026. Pitts was second in air yards last year. He was fifth in targets last year among tight ends. But Travis, this offense is going to be bad. And like, what about Marcus Mariota? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, whoever your fake person in my head is. Uh, Mariota started for the Titans 12 or more games between 2015 and 2017. This was some of Delaney Walker's numbers, the starting tight end during that season. In 2015, Delaney Walker was tight end three in points per game. He also led the league in targets to the tight end. In 2016, he was tight end six in points per game, and he ranked seventh in red zone targets. And in 2017, he was again the tight end six in points per game and top five in target share and air yards among his peers. And I think that Delaney Walker, love Delaney Walker, was a great tight end. But is he to the level of a prospect that Kyle Pitts was? Probably not. Uh, And no is the answer. So my concern (laughs) has been whether or not they're going to use Pitts as the inline tight end more this season and take advantage of those mismets because our guy Dwayne McFarlane points out that uh, Kyle Pitts saw the least amount of inline snaps uh, or uh, the least amount of targets to the tight end against a linebacker or a safety right in the middle of the field for, you know, at a bare minimum for these tight ends. So least amount, which means he was playing out wide. So if we look at it, we look at that. He lined up in this game, uh, this preseason game in line from the slot on nine of 10 snaps. Like, let's go. We we understand that Arthur Smith is probably going to shift this offense to his playmakers. He did it with CPAT and he's probably going to do it with Kyle Pitts. And look, I know Jersey J is coming for me in the chat because he hates Kyle Pitts, but I've turned my tune on Kyle Pitts because I'm seeing the usage line up with his skill set. And if it does, and I know it's one game, but if it does, we want to be in before the breakout happens and not after because then he's going to be going first, second round um, instead of where he's going right now in the third. I agree with that. I like that. Johnny, it's time. You know, it's time for you to get the the best physical specimen we've talked out about in this entire show. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about your tight end here, though, that's your favorite to draft, and a guy that changed teams last year and really performed well for his quarterback. 
And there's some things pointing to Zach Ertz being able – God, I did it again, dude. <laughs> dude, well, uh, talk about your tight end, man. You're muted, or I can't hear you. See, that's why I knew you weren't going to be able – uh, I knew you – Nah, bro. Six cents. <laughs> I'm sorry, nice brother. Uh, I cannot hear you still. So – we will we can come back to Johnny on the tight end, but first we will go can you to hear me now. Yes, yes. we got you. So Finally. Yeah, just gotta, yeah, well, yeah, see, take a little bit of time. This is all I know. Yeah, I, know. I, I cut your mic. <laughs> you cut your mic. You're yeah. just like, oh, I'm just gonna take all your what you want to say about Zach Ertz and say he's also my other guy. I get it. Yeah, I'm talking about Zach Ertz, which listen, if you don't want to pay up. Uh, you know, to get these other two tight ends that the other two mentioned, I, I am a fan of the other two tight ends. Uh, well, maybe not Kittle, um, depending on where you can get him as value wise. But if you want to wait a little bit, Zach Ertz, 95th overall player right now being selected in drafts, a 10th tight end on average as his uh, ADP off the board. Look, Zach Ertz, sure, he's not a springy old chicken anymore. He's not young like these other guys, but He's Mr. O-Reliable, over 750 receiving yards two out of the last three years. He did get traded to the Cardinals in week seven. From that point on, he was a tight end 12 or better in five of the final six weeks. Once Kyler did return to lineup because there was a couple of uh, weeks where, uh, you know, he had a backup quarterback in there. So the nice thing about that whole snapshot uh, is that he only saw less than 40 receiving yards in a game uh, two times. So his his downside or his floor is pretty safe while also having the uh, number one overall tight end uh, ability still in his wheelhouse, uh, which he did in week 11, uh, which was uh, a week where he scored two touchdowns. Now, again, that was with the backup, but Kyler will be able to get him more involved. You saw them get a better connection uh, down the stretch uh, last year. And so I do think that with a full season uh, uh, with Zach Ertz and offseason, obviously with Kyler and Zach Ertz, you're going to see that safety blanket be relied on quite often, especially with Hopkins out the first six weeks. So if anything, right, if anything, you get Zach Ertz, you draft him right in the eighth, ninth, tenth round because he's way down there on the on ADP, and then you play him through those first six weeks because they're going to be shootouts. And then before Hopkins gets back, then you dish him out. You can maybe get a more reliable tight end at that point. Uh, but starting your season off and getting a value like Zach Ertz is definitely worth it, in my opinion, this year. Yeah, I like that angle of talking starting fast because we don't talk about it enough and you want to put yourself in a good position to make the playoffs and you do that by getting those wins at the beginning. So a good call there. All right, look, we promise we do outside the top 100 as well. But we, you know, look, we're long-winded men. We like talking about these guys. They got us excited. We got to get to these outside the top 100. So we're going to get through them, but we got to be quick here. Rapid fire, guys. So, Johnny, I'm going to go back to you. You know, just a quick point on Derek Carr and or, God damn it, dude. Oh I don't know what every it is. one of I them. Feel dude. Like every one, one, every one, one of Johnny's no, guys. I know what it is, dude. It's so you can be like, yeah, remember when I was on that guy and I tried to tell you about that guy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Johnny, give us yeah, your favorite Derek, quarterback to draft outside the top 100. I Derek, am sorry. Derek Carr is my <laughs> yeah. favorite guy on the outside here. Just a quick thing. Listen, his biggest problem last year was not actually throwing the ball. He was fifth in that amongst the league lead. 
but it was the red zone completion percentage where it dropped from 74% all the way down to 56. They go out, they get uh, Devontae Adams, number one red zone guy. I think that uh, Derek Carr, if you're waiting later, is going to be an absolute smash uh, at the quarterback position this year. Perfect. Awesome. We're going to move on to you here where I will inevitably not botch saying your guy before because (laughs) I've just been perfect outside. But who is your favorite quarterback to draft outside the top 100 right now? My my favorite quarterback is a name that has been a perennial – well, not perennial. I mean, he's been right there. Well, there he is. He's Matt. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Johnny, I haven't done shit to you. Why are you fucking yeah, to me too? He said we had a hurry. He yeah. said rapid fire over here. And uh, so my case here on Matt Ryan is pretty straightforward. I think 13 seasons in the NFL, nine seasons as a quarterback, one being in the top 12, six top seven finishes. And just four seasons ago, he was the number two overall quarterback in the entire NFL. Last year, quarterback 20 playing on a comically bad offense, fewest fantasy points in his career. The lines now coming out of the Colts camp have had an impact on my outlook on Matt Ryan. Ryan is a guy who expects things to get done. He doesn't care about making friends. There's a clear contrast between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, according to the Colts players. And Carson Wentz last season had 50 more points than Matt Ryan did and was the quarterback 14th. Wentz has had only one top seven finish in his entire career. I'd put a very large bet down is that Matt Ryan finishes better than the quarterback 20 barring health and another quarterback one, meaning in the top 12 finish is really not outside of the question there with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, uh, and a lot of other weapons that the Colts have done a good job keeping together and building a real game plan for. Uh, I'm I'm in on the the Colts resurgence. I think it just affects so many people. And why not Matt Ryan, who's kind of when he's in the right offense, posted gaudy numbers for fantasy not that long ago. So I I think I could be in on that, especially in super flex leagues. My guy going outside the top 100 here is Daniel Jones. He's going 245th overall, almost was outside the top 300. Uh, QB 29. QB 29 over on fantasy pros. The big thing for me guys is when we get into these late rounds, I want guys that can throw. Now I could have gone Justin Fields. I could have gone or or who can run. I could have gone Justin Fields. I could have gone these guys, but I didn't really want, I wanted to go a little bit deeper for it here and go with a guy that I think is getting slept on as far as rushing potential, potential environment change. I mean, look at the giants. They're presumably going to get a healthy Saquon. We know Tony's electric. Galladay's had struggles, but he'll be back healthy. Wandale Robinson, maybe even get Shepard back. Uh, early in the season. The offensive line, again, like I said before, improved to 18th. If you look at these quarterbacks being taken directly ahead of Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Gross, Jared Goff, Barf, Baker Mayfield, uh, no thanks, Johnny. Davis Mills, I mean, Mills has got that dog in him, but I don't think he can run because none of these dudes have ever rushed for over 275 yards once in their career. Daniel Jones has done it every year in his career, and he had a 400-yard rushing season. I think that if they turn the ship around, and it could easily happen because we've been waiting on the Giants for years. If it was just the coach that could make it happen, then we've got something here, and Jones could really hit the ceiling here. All right, so we got to get into these running backs here, and these are another group of exciting effing guys that have had great offseasons, and none, well, actually, this guy's he's got a, he's got a hot uh, – anyways, Damian Pierce. He's my running back. 
outside the top 100. I'm most excited to draft right now. 121st overall, RB44. Look, he didn't wow us in college production-wise, but he was efficient on the low carries at Florida. If we look at Florida, they benched Kadarius Toney and other talented players. Disgraced Dan Mullen is getting a lot of flack in the media for the way he handled these players at Florida. The concern was that maybe Pierce couldn't handle a full workload, but if we look at what happened in the preseason, it had Twitter and everybody on fire, five carries for 49 yards. He literally body slammed some dude, some linebacker on a blitz pickup, and he received some nice words from the head ball coach. Lovey Smith said Damian Pierce definitely caught my eye and everybody's eye that was watching him, and that's what we've seen in training camp also. He's a good football player. Love when they just use the rudimentary football player. That means he's locked in, RB1, take it to the moon. No, but I love Damian Pierce, and I think he's a great value right now as RB44 off the board. But, Johnny, I want to know just straight up who is your running back outside the top 100 that you're most excited to draft? That running back good job is the one the only the guy that is going to supplant a lot of running backs because he's going after a lot of them that is Naheem Hines 125th overall player being selected right now RB 46 off the board listen he is going to definitely outproduce this This is why I love him as a pick I want you to look back last year not a great year Look at the 2020 production. He finished as the RB27 that year. When you look at the stats, 63 receptions for 482 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, that might not be like a whole lot of, of targets and, and, and usage, which might scare you off. But let me just comfort you by saying this. Cordero Patterson, who played in this exact same position that Himes should take for this offense, He only had 52 receptions last year for 548 yards and 11 touchdowns. So the touchdowns could go back up heavily. He only scored three last year because they did turn around and hand it off a whole lot to Jonathan Taylor. With Matt Ryan as the quarterback, I expect them to trust him a little bit more in the red area. And so you're looking at a guy who... Doesn't have a whole lot of tread on his tires. He's only ever carried the ball as a max 89 carries. But again, looking at Cordero Patterson last year, he only had 153 rushing attempts. So it wasn't like he had this massive workload in order to get him. He was just really efficient. And I think that that's what we're going to see from Hines. Now, I don't think once again that he'll be like RB18 or RB15 unless something happens to Jonathan Taylor but I do think he could be you know a nice fill in flex play for you with touchdown upside all right we're moving on to the last running back that's our favorite running back to draft Austin's favorite running back to draft in 2022 and there's not a name that's hotter in fantasy right now than this man so Austin without further ado let us know your favorite running back to draft in 2022 outside we're just gonna we're just gonna jump to it and I feel like this is almost cheating a bit because he is outside of the top 100 by quite a bit 207th overall Mm. but this is climbing crazy fast and that's of course Isaiah Pacheco running back for the Kansas City Chiefs no Apparently so, man, yeah. and a fast dog at that. A strong yeah. dog, too. Greyhound. Yeah, the Chiefs went out and got Jones, as we know, to cover the ground. CEH left available, but now Re- Ronald Jones is reportedly a cut candidate. Pacheco looks to be Whoa. the RB2 for the Kansas City Chiefs right now, and he's a rookie who's competing 
with a disappointing lead back in CEH, that leaves a lot of situations available as the season progresses. Look, there's going to be fan pressure. There's going to be locker room pressure. There's going to be overall curiosity for what Isaiah Pacheco is about. And he's going to get that opportunity. It's coming. And he has the physical tools to stand apart. I mean, when you look at his spark scores, 4.3740, over 118 speed score. His bench press, guys, Derrick Henry benched 22 reps. Isaiah Pacheco benched it 27 times. Uh, This leaves something to be excited about. Look, the Chiefs should be good outside, but outside of Travis Kelsey, we don't really know exactly where they're going to be good from a fantasy perspective. And as Littlefinger said, chaos is a ladder. That one that could really benefit Isaiah Pacheco in this offense. The upside is enormous. Enormous. Like, it, let your mind go crazy. That's what Isaiah Pacheco could do for fantasy rosters this season. Also wearing Let's the number go. 10. I know, Tyreek's number, right? Let's wow. go. Wow. Let's go. Wow. Trade him away. You don't need him. You got Pacheco now. We'll move on, though, to our wide receivers outside the top 100 that we're just absolutely jacked to draft right now. And, Austin, I'll give it up to you. For one of our, you know, maybe you could call it a homer, but I, I'm, 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 I'm gaining a little bit of steam with you. Your favorite wide receiver to draft outside the top 100 this season. Jumping straight to it, it's my boy Alan Lazard on this 103rd overall wide receiver 41. Look, wide receiver 41, and last year he finished as the wide receiver 45. There's like no freaking logical path that Alan Lazard is going to do worse than he did last season competing for Al, uh, with Devontae Adams, who just dominated the entire NFL in targets and receptions there right at the it's super elite category. We take a look at Alan Lazard's relatively small sample size, but when you do look at it, there's some moments to get really excited about, and I'm not finding consistent patches that are dragging the hype train down for me in 2020 week three Adams was out Lazard has a career high 95% snap share and finished with 146 yards and a touchdown then he got hurt missed a lot of time came back was a diminished player from what he once was as players can do coming back from injury this is the stat that really surprised me in 2021 last season the final five weeks of the season five weeks of football Alan Lazard finished as the wide receiver. Take a guess in your mind really quick, Whisper Nation. Final five weeks of the season. Where did Alan Lazard finish? Devontae Adams was active, by the way. He was the wide receiver seven. Wide receiver seven for Alan Lazard in the last five weeks of 2021. Now he's coming into all of those vacated targets. He's the only wide receiver on the entire Packers offense that has any rapport with Aaron Rodgers, he's a great blocking tight end. There's not going to be a lot of reasons to take him off the field because there's not a lot of talent that's going to supplant Alan Lazard. He's like the most talented guy. He's going to be on the field. The two-time MVP is going to have to throw it somewhere. He's already had success with Alan Lazard. Like there's the, And where he's going right now, he's not being purchased at his ceiling. I am all about Alan Lazard at his current ADP. I think that was the biggest revelation as we were talking off show with Lazard that you kind of revealed to me is 41 versus 47. It's really that simple. Like he is not being drafted at his ceiling. I think that's well said, Austin, there. And he should, especially with the camp reports of these younger guys really kind of getting on Aaron Rodgers' nerves. Shocker. We could have guessed that one. Um, And so we could see something with Lazard just getting peppered with targets. So I'd be there for that. All right. My favorite wide receiver to draft outside the top 100 right here is a Jersey J favorite. So I know he's going to be stacked stoked on this but it's Kadarius Tony going 117th overall is wide receiver 47 uh so Lazard's number there but 13th among wide receivers was Tony last year in eight games that they played or more 
in yards per route run at 2.14. So we're talking about a guy that earns targets when he's on the field. He was top 12 in targets per route run. Again, earning that attention. Only saw one game over 75% snap share, but we've already seen the projected usage for the Giants. He's going to be on the field all the time going inside and outside with Wandale Robinson coming to town to take over the slot role and Kenny Galladay not really showing very well. New York is eighth in the NFL in vacated target share from last year. Uh, That's 41% of their targets up for grabs for this year. And it's not like they're going to throw any less uh, under Brian Dable this season, who's going to be a more aggressive coach. Look, Stephon Diggs over the last two years, first and fifth in targets over the last two seasons. I think that Kadarius Tony's probably not better than Diggs, but should play a Diggs-type role in that offense. I'm really in on Tony. He's one of the guys that's going in this range that I can make a legit case for getting 120, 150 targets and being the number one in his offense. Like, I can make that case. It's it's a clear path in my head as the range of outcomes for Kadarius Tony. So sign me up. Kadarius Tony to the fucking moon. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Johnny. You've been hyping this guy up for a long time, watched his off-season workouts and watched him rehab from injury. He's a guy that's a, a, a you know, a, definitely a guy you want to root for. So, Johnny, who's your favorite wide receiver to get in the uh, outside the top 100? Sorry. I'm telling you, beat the waiver wire rush, Whisper Nation, and get him on your team. Draft him before it comes because it's going to come. And that is none other than wide receiver Paris Campbell, who's – 244th overall wide receiver 82 complete disrespect i don't know why they put some respect on this guy's name because he went to ohio state baby to play his wide yeah the ohio state we know that those wide receivers produce and listen i get it oh who's for nation uh well uh you you know he's he's always injured right he's not he's not that good he's 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 been okay well i'm telling you those injuries have been freak injuries, and if you get this guy on your team, he is going to help you win a championship this year. Why is that? Why am I so confident in that? Well, let me tell you right here. These are just some simple math, simple numbers here. Wide receiver 26 on a points-per-game average, 10 touchdowns. Wide receiver 18 on a points-per-game average, 7 touchdowns. Wide receiver 4 nine touchdowns. Oh, those are all Calvin Ridley's numbers when he was the number two to Julio Jones with Matt Ryan as the quarterback. Oh, okay. And then I'll, I'll go back a little bit. Wide receiver 83, not great. One touchdown wide receiver 17 with seven touchdowns wide receiver 33 with three touchdowns. That was Roddy white when he had Julio and he was a secondary option. And then Julio, when he was a secondary option, wide receiver 12 with 10 touchdowns. I'm telling you, Paris Campbell is going to score between seven and touch seven and 10 touchdowns this year, but because of Matty ice and you can get him so late, he's going to definitely outproduce his wide receiver 84 ADP right now with Nation. So go get this guy. Please so, draft yeah. him. He's got that, this guy. Yeah. This guy is the limit. Absolutely. All right. To round it out, we're going to talk tight ends outside the top 100. We're absolutely jacked to go with, and we are going to go yeah. with Austin here to start us off in this section. Austin, go ahead and let us know who your number one tight end is to draft outside the top 100. You know, it's pretty wild to me that going – God damn it. I, there he is. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. 25th overall. Uh, what I was going to say is we've got a tight end here who is 27 years old who has finished as the tight, who has finished as a top six tight end twice. 
playing for a brand new team with a ton of vacated targets going as a tight end three. Austin Hooper, uh, I'm watching the Cleveland years. I'm just not going to take those really into consideration. And if you look at his Atlanta days, 2018 and 2019, yeah, it was a tight end number six. Uh, he's a real option for you. He's not going to be like the answer, as I talked about a George Kittle being for you, but he's not going to be a problem. He's going to get you, you know, those 50 yards per game. He's going to have a real good shot at scoring you a touchdown. I expect him to be involved in between the 20s as well as in the red zone. Reports out of camp have been uh, have been very strong for the rapport between Austin Hooper and Ryan Tannehill. And just looking at the rest of the offense, there's not a ton of competition for targets. And you got a lot vacated with A.J. Brown joining the Eagles. Robert Woods is looking to be healthy and repaired. That's nice. Traylon Burks, though, has got a lot of real question marks of how involved is he going to be in the offense. The only person that we haven't really had a lot of questions about is Austin Hooper. It's all been yeah. like, it's good, it's great, he's playing really well. Him and Ryan Tannehill get along. Um, at his current price, it's so low. There's no way he's going to finish as a tight end 25 or worse. Like, I, I don't see Hooper winning you your league, but he's absolutely a late-round tight end flyer that you could very well hold on to all season. I'm getting Greg Olson vibes that year he popped off in Carolina after mm. they got rid of Kelvin Benjamin and like the rest of the other options. And it was just like, well, who's Cam going to throw to? Well, the guy that it's, he's had a really good rapport with, and that's Greg Wilson. I see some of that possibility for Austin Hooper. Yeah, I absolutely think that we're just being way too low on it because we're so, like you said, we're so fixated on Traylon Burks or Robert Woods or these other things going on. And it's just like the quiet one maybe is the, is the one that we should be looking at, at least at the ADP that we're talking about right here. All right. But well, we will talk about Johnny's favorite uh, top 100 player to draft, or I'm sorry, outside the top 100 player to draft at tight end. And this is a guy you've been on. Regardless of of the besmirching, regardless of the laughter from other people in the industry that we've had on the show, it's contentious, heated debates about this player. Who is your top tight end outside the 100 that's been your favorite to draft? You know, I had to go with my guy. I had to do it because this is like the one show I can do it and I should do it. And I'm going to sit on it and then everybody's going to think that I'm a genius. Or, I'm just or the opposite. Or, or the opposite. Could end up <laughs> happening in the opposite. But I like where it's going. I like where he's going as far as ADP wise, which makes it the ceiling is the the ceiling is the roof, as uh, Michael Jordan would say. And that is the, uh, none other than tight end Mike Jacecki, who is 108th overall coming off the board, tight end 11. Now, I understand Mike Jacecki. You, a lot of people have some bad tastes in their mouth because he's, you know, up in the air, highs, lows, everything in between. But yeah. let me tell you, last year he saw 111 targets. He only had a 71% snap share last year. He had over a thousand air yards, which is something that you definitely want to uh, look as an indicator of some kind of potential, right, of where he can potentially get to. Oh, listen, the big area where he did not pop off the page, he did it everywhere else except for the red area and the touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns last year, but he still finished as the tight end nine in PPR. So 
you get him to bounce back and have a little bit more of a touchdown progression, right? It's like Big uh, Sean in it, dude. Last night took an L, yeah. but tonight I bounced back, dude. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you're you're looking at a guy similar to you want to get ahead of projections, right? Or ahead of breakouts. That is what it screams for, for me with Mike Jacecki because, look, they traded Adam Shaheem. Now, I know it got rejected, right? But it's still, talk about awkward, Adam Shaheem coming. He's probably going to get cut, all right? But that just goes to show <laughs> that Mike so. – Mike, Yeah, I know. That would be real awkward in that, in that <laughs> locker room. Uh, Mike McDaniel is coming over from San Francisco. He brings over that tight end heavy offense where George Kittle, we talked about earlier in the show and raved about it, George Kittle finished as a tight end four in four straight seasons with a target share of over 25% or more. So I understand the whole like, but Johnny, he has other weapons. You know, he's got the greatest weapons that we've ever seen since sliced bread coming over to Miami. And so there's no way Jacecki could get any targets, right? Well, you tell me. I just told you George Kittle was a top four tight end over the last four or five years, and he's had some pretty good weapons around him. Look, and this is also with going. So just to show it's like you doesn't have to go to the moon in order to really break out. Kittle has had over five touchdowns in three out of the last four years. And it's not. And, you know, he gets five or six of those. So it's a to me, Jacecki is basically a slam dunk. The funk put it up. If you got that number one overall uh, tight end upside that you can get way deeper into your drafts. First of all, the Whisper Nation voice has got me dying. The people in the chat got me dying. This has been an awesome show. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. I got to bring it home with my favorite tight end here to draft outside the top 100. And look, oh, our know. guy, Jersey J, was calling for it. He said, if this yeah. guy isn't on the list, y'all are crazy. He's, he said he's walking out. That's right. He's being drafted as the 179th overall player outside the top 150, outside the top 175. He's a tight end 18 off the board. We just got the Deshaun Watson news. We know Jacoby Brissett can at least keep a tight end, uh, you know, going. I'm talking about my guy, David Njoku, and it's no joke that this guy is an electric player. He's got yak potential, okay? He was just rarely used. We talked about Austin Hooper leaving Cleveland. We talked about if you look at the way he was used in the preseason, he was there with the starters. It was in joke. He only in two tight end sets did we actually see our guy Harrison Bryant get in the game. So I'm all in on Njoku. But then, you know, he boasts a 40 time, a speed score, a burst score, and a catch radius, all within the 80th or better percentile. That's according to playerprofiler.com. Austin Hooper, as we said, left. And the Browns gave David Njoku a four-year, $56.75 million contract extension. If you go to Spotrack.com, they've got all the contracts there for all the sports teams, all the players you could think about. From a total cash perspective, that contract, that 56 mil, is second highest contract only behind Mark Andrews. Like, come the fuck on. Like, the money is there. Let's go. He's only 26 years old. He's only spent a year renting a car. Okay, so he's young. He's an athletic freak. And if you squint, he could lead this team in targets. Right. Like if we if we looked, look, look, look through our crystal ball, look through our binoculars. He could lead this team in targets. And I love that he's paid and he and in fantasy. He's cheap. So LFG, baby, let's let's go right now. 18 tight tight end off the board. Come on now. Dave, David Njoku, uh, I'm smashing David Njoku any chance I get. And uh, I think that's what that's what we should go with. But. 
We did it, Johnny. Uh, Austin had to leave us, but we love Austin. Big shout out to all of his players. They were great takes. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you guys can use this in your drafts that are coming up. Yes. But listen, if you enjoyed this, share it with your people. Maybe not the people you're playing with, but maybe just in case, make them a little bit smarter. Or maybe if you disagreed with a take, it gets you in septum. You know, so get this out there. Help us out. And another way you can support the show is, of course, by going to manscaped.com. Any product on there, you'll get 20% off when you use the promo code TFWMAN, and you'll get free shipping on that as well. So TFWMAN at manscaped.com. Thank you so much, Whisper Nation, for all your support and everybody within the chat right now. I'm Big Travi, and for Johnny Game Time Hicks, we're and Austin Sear and producer Donnie and all the members in the chat. We're the fancy whispers. And we're out of here and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Best ball brunch on Saturday. Tune in. Be there. Be square. Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do, too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.